creators of Relevant Magazine. This is the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, April 8th, 2016, and this is the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron String, and this week's show is brought to you by PBS's new miniseries, Jackie Robinson. It's a new two-part, four-hour film directed by Ken Burns, chronicling the life and times of Jackie Robinson, uh, his breaking of baseball's color barrier, and the lifelong fight for equality on and off the field. Uh, it, it features extensive interviews with Robinson's widow, Rachel, whose recollections and personal archive of photos open up a window into Jackie's private life that's rarely seen. It goes deeper and explores the complexity of his life before, during, and after baseball. And a lot of people don't know this, but I mean, he's deeper and more complex than people realize. He was like the original civil rights pioneer. Um, Martin Luther King Jr. even said of him, uh, Jackie Robinson was a sit-inner before sit-ins, a freedom rider before freedom rides. And he is kind of the one that back in 1947 started to pay or really publicly and nationally lay the groundwork for Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King Jr. to come after him. That's awesome. Yeah. He is one of the most fascinating figures in uh, not just American sports history, but like you're saying, American civil rights history. At that time, baseball was like the NFL, NBA, and baseball combined right now as a social force in Mm. America. And this guy went in and literally changed perceptions. And it's awesome that Ken Burns is doing this documentary because he has such a legacy with doing great work with baseball in general. Yeah, you're going to know everything by the end of this. And then (laughs) after baseball, uh, Jackie Robinson was actually a widely read newspaper columnist, much like uh, Eddie Koffeldt. Really? He was? Yeah, and uh, and he for was also who? a divisive political activist and tireless advocate for civil rights. I mean, this guy really I changed you, I, things. I don't know anything about Jackie Robinson. Exactly. We just know <laughs> like, like kind of the baseball thing, <laughs> right. and that's it. I'm excited about yeah, it. Yeah. When does it happen? So uh, PBS's Jackie Robinson is a two-night event premiering Monday, April 11th, this coming Monday. Hmm. Uh, oh, that's soon. Uh, on, on PBS. So yeah, just if you're listening to this on Friday, it's in a couple days. I actually oh, that, get PBS, so I'll check it out. That's awesome. Yeah, it's one of your four stations you get. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> two Christian programming stations and PBS. No, there's about 10 of them. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of Christian programming. Oh, yeah, man, I love that stuff. Uh, like I said, I'm your host, Cameron. <laughs> Here with me in our Orlando studios, Eddie Big Cat Coffold. Nice to see you. Over nice there on the ones and twos, our interim producer, oh. Chandler Strang. Still here. Uh, <laughs> on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And all the way from Portland, Oregon, Joy Egrich Reed. Present. I think that was the first time we just got through her name. Actually, I literally <laughs> was, if you listen back... Yeah. I was winding it down on Egrich and mid yeah. remembered yeah. Reed and came on the uptick. No, it, it, it was a stutter step. Yeah, no, we got a stutter it. Step. I, the yeah. I did the thing that the UNC player did at the end of the championship game. I I double clutch hit that three pointer. Mid air, mid air. Yeah. I pulled it back and then went for it. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Was that not? The best, yeah. I mean, I was like, I couldn't sleep after that game. It was like a boring game for three fourths of it, <laughs> right? and the last ten minutes was amazing. <laughs> the greatest basketball ever. Yeah, kind of. Can was. I just say though, there was something sadly ironic that that awesome double clutch, yeah. you know, NBA range three pointer was meaningless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, absolutely. Like, I was watching, I was thinking, the momentum has shifted. Carolina is going to win this game. Well, and then, then yeah. but, you know, like eight seconds later, it's yeah. just well, pure heartbreak. That guy yeah. said that during that timeout, after he hit the three-pointer, tied yeah. the game, 4.7 left, he says to the guys, 
all you got to do is play defense for five seconds because when this goes into <laughs> overtime, we got it. Like, we got the momentum. Just what Jesse yeah. just said. You have one job. Yeah. But not, that, not even that much time you have to do that one job. Just yeah. Yeah. do what you got to do. Well, Dude, it, it was crushing. I'm going to tell you the one thing you cannot do. Allow their guy to run the full length of the court and pass it to a guy to shoot a shot. That's it. Do not <laughs> allow that one thing to happen. Yeah. And it happened exactly like that. Exactly. And it was amazing. When and the Villanova coach is an ice-cold stone killer. That was yeah. a great reaction, like, wasn't he it? He didn't even flinch. He just stares at it like, just how I drew it up, boys. Head to the locker room. Yeah, even Michael Jordan knew. I mean, he just his reaction just looked away. Walked away. Michael Jordan. <laughs> uh, I did dabble uh, in basketball from second grade to sixth grade, but double clutch. Can you clarify? Is that when you shoot a three-pointer literally I with like, both I was just hands like that? I, I was saying words. He jumped up in the air to like kind of go for the shot, decided to pull it back to pass it, and then realized while he's still up in the air, no, I need to shoot it, shoots it all oh. while in the air. It was remarkable. And then hit a three-pointer. I mean, you, it was like... And, Joy, wow. can you define dabble? Because that's four years <laughs> of basketball. I know. She didn't really uh, dribble, like she dabbled. Yeah. Is dabbling. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You, like, well, played basketball. The reason I define it as dabbling is because I literally never made one basket. <laughs> no. But, yeah, I didn't. I, I would get the ball. I would get so excited. I was a pretty good runner. But, like, if I got the ball from, like, you know, like, kid oh, basketball, geez. just, like, Oh, you just grab it and you like twist your body as hard as you can. And then I would just start running. And I, the, my momentum would be so fast that I couldn't slow down. And I would just run into the back mat. No, <laughs> no. So I got into track later in life. You are such a spaz. <laughs> like, I, think, I haven't used that word in forever. I got it. I got it. I got it. Dad, dad, dad. Dad, dad, I was going to say, it, that's more of like a running back move yeah. than a basketball yeah. move. Yeah. Uh, hey, well, this was a big week. Other than the national championship game, we also this week uh, had a birthday. Jesse Carey's yes. birthday was this past week. Big it was. Happy uh, birthday. Did you do anything yeah. fun? Uh, I went to the Children's Museum in the morning oh. uh, with my kids. <laughs> fun which, really changes, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really does. I mean, when, you have, <laughs> when you're a kid, your birthday day is dramatically different, which is super fun uh, because you get to watch them like do cool science experiments. <laughs> I think that adult museums should be like children's museums. Oh, completely. Because like children's museums aren't about like just walking through, ex you, you know, and looking at uh, exhibits. Children's, they're it's all hands on, guys. Right. It is like they had some where you shoot little lasers. I was having a good time. They had like <laughs> rockets that shoot up. They had like little cars that race. They had a planetarium. I love planetariums. They had a planetarium. Right. I mean, I could have spent the whole day, but I was just thinking like if you were the architect of the museum, right. like you're 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 aiming it for like kids like my son who's like three, right? right? That he's right. gonna have a good time, right? Like mad magnets and electricity and all kinds of stuff I don't understand. I just know it's fun to play with. What if that same dude who knew all about this cool science stuff did one of these for adults so that, like, after hours, me and my friends could go to the museum right. and do crazy, dangerous science right. experiments? Everything has glass encased over it. Black light's on. We just made the world's greatest paintball, like, arena. Right? We're running through the yeah. loom with a paintball gun. <laughs> and it's quote-unquote a museum. It's it, All I know is it's got to involve lasers. Right. It's got to involve cool magnets. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it's got to involve like little shards of metal that shoot around because those are part of it. You know, and it would be cool if they had like a rocket thing too. I'm gonna let the the museum architect figure that out because you can tell me I could do that or go to like an art museum. It's not even close. Like yeah. this is a million dollar idea that I'm someone just waiting to hatch. The science center here will have like adult evenings where oh, yeah. they have like wine. 
wine and cocktails, and then the adults can play with all the stuff. I don't like to drop like kind of like about my yeah. fame and wealth, but I am a <laughs> yearly member to the Science Center. Oh, yeah. Bree and I both are actually all four of us. It's a it's a nice life. Uh, we do get to go every <laughs> once in a while to the wine night, and uh, you know they'll set up Cameron, some science. You, you get you get early entrance to the new block. It is, display. Yeah, go get to see Dora early a week before it opens. You get to see the new Dora exhibit. It's awesome. Here's the thing, Cameron. The, the kind of exhibit I'm thinking about, Okay. even small amounts of alcohol <laughs> would, would not be allowed anywhere near the premise. It's <laughs> right. already dangerous enough. Just, even just you it's throw in minor, moderate right. amounts of wine, yeah. you're talking about a huge liability. Uh, the other big thing that happened this week, uh, the National Championship and Jesse's birthday, is is uh, Chandler's debut podcast came out and the public heard it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I don't know if y'all caught this, but a few days after the podcast, uh, to commemorate the moment, Drake dropped a new song and mentions him. Here's a, a clip of Drake's hot new single called Pop Style. Pop Style. Pop Style. Turn my birthday into a lifestyle. A lifestyle. Tell my mama I love her if I do not make it. Got a little name drop in uh, Drake's new single. Heard that on the way into work this morning. I've made a handful of songs for Drake, but he never asked me to do any of them, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's good that you're on it. Chandler, let me ask you this, because I know Kanye and Jay-Z are on that track. Who's the one that uh, went to you personally? Was it Drake or was it uh, uh, Yeezy? No one, you know, got it cleared. Yeah. But I'm okay with it. How how have you been handling the fame this week of being uh, the producer of the podcast? it's been it's been the best week for my Twitter account. Yeah. since I've had it, <laughs> big week. I got, I got fifty new followers. Oh yeah. man, congratulations! Oh, oh. I don't even think of, we tagged you, did we? No. Did well, you see they're, they're actually blocked the fans you. Fans found you. I started getting uh, people following me that were avid coffee drinkers. That's the and, kind of and uh, a lot of people from Canada. I bet I didn't. I didn't notice that. that. I mean, they they like coffee enough that they talk about it in their bio. Oh wow! Yeah. I, like <laughs> I, know, I don't totally know that, that I like any beverage enough to put it in my bio. My thing that identifies me. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start to try and engage people a little more on Twitter by by talking about coffee a bit more. Yeah, <laughs> coffee, Chick Fil A, you're gonna hit. That's it. Those are, the, those are the hot points. <laughs> like, yeah, night. like if if a food item <laughs> yeah. is so critical to your life that if you had to describe yourself in a one sentence bio, and part of that real estate goes towards that food item, <laughs> it's a huge thing. For you. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, you're putting like husband, father. Believer in in Jesus, yeah. Guy who likes coffee. Is that the order? Like, that is pretty much the order. Yeah. Ooh. Do you guys have any tips for uh, old Channing Strang on on the Twitter now that now that he's going to be? I'm, having, I'm on, man. Having to I'm, do Twitter with the people. Um, I would say. I mean, uh, my initial tip is. Just block it at will. You guys, block. I've never blocked anyone. Oh man, I block. It's I block sometimes just for fun. What is the criteria for blocking someone? You just don't have time for that. Feel stuff. like it. Just, just, yeah. just. I don't have time for this nonsense. Feel like it. I joke didn't land. I blocked. <laughs> I don't like your uh, profile profile picture. Blocked. Okay. Oh really? You misspelled my name. Blocked. <laughs> reported. So. <laughs> yeah, I literally the last week someone found a video from like a long time ago that I posted and just wrote, "You're not funny." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "Block, block, block." Them all day so long. they get personal. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, 
Oh, they're gonna pick you apart. Okay. Yeah. I, I yeah. I've never blocked anyone, but I got. Well, you also I, have I, never tweeted. So. Yeah, well, the, well, here's the yeah. thing. Here's the thing. During the Nickelback thing. Yeah. I had some rabid Nickelback fans that were upset with the whole proposition. <laughs> That's of, funny. Of the thing. Well, you're sitting there. <laughs> you did a week long stunt of an emotional or endurance challenge based on mockingly listening to their favorite band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying it wasn't warranted. I'm just saying that was the only time I came. Anyone came close to doing anything that weren't a block, but I, yeah. it was just, all that was doing was feeding me like towards the finish line. It was like <laughs> fans taunting a player on the field. Like all it did was feed me. You know? Okay, I will say uh, a real thing about being on the show, the best I think the best part of the show is like you meet people on Twitter. And yeah. so it's actually really fun because people, the show basically never ends. Yeah, you the just, listeners are pretty funny. Yeah, they're like really, really yeah, funny and yeah. actually like are like another whole voice on it. So right. I like it when the show drops on Friday and then the jokes take on a life of their own. Right. And then we just kind of feed that again on Yeah, I mean, people the next started ca- calling me Channing. Yeah, well, that's like right away. Twitter. In fact, yeah. I, I thought, man, good for you. Good sport. He changed his Twitter name to <laughs> yeah. Channing. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm supporting <laughs> it. it. Channing I'm, I'm going to embrace it. I think it's great it's your and name then, and drake saw it and he dropped the song is, i mean yeah i mean he turned that thing around fast oh, yeah, like, <laughs> just like those, just like the diss tracks with Meek mill i mean it's 24 hour turnaround with drake Absolutely. no yeah he had it it was about to be released with army hammer in the name and he's like no 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 this guy channing just dropped on the scene we gotta we gotta change this up hey chan chan which isn't that what i called you i think i called you chan chan uh, apparently chan that's a banana a chan, no that's I, chan a banana right. hammock <laughs> I will say I met one of my closest friends on Twitter. Really? So, yeah, magic can happen. Really? Oh, yeah, that happened. I I have no idea who started following who first, but we both thought the other person was funny. And then she lived in Nashville, and I had never done anything like this before. But I was flying into Nashville for work, and I was like, "Hey, do you do you want to meet up?" Oh <laughs> no! And she brought a friend because she was scared a totally. little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now we're really good friends. She was in Chicago. She, she brought like a friend and a steak She's knife. Kind of just me. basic precautions. I love that I get so freaked out on Craigslist, but yeah. I'll like just meet up yeah. with strangers. Like, just like, yeah. oh, I, I do tons of Craigslist interactions. Yeah. yeah. How, what's the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you? He, he, oh, dude, I've had a couple, man. That he has I, like, a side one, business of buying and selling musical, musical instruments. merchandise. Yeah. 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 You do? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I just. It's not a side business, it's a hobby. Yeah, you flip stuff. Yeah. Um, You've seen American one time, pickers. I thought I was going to get robbed. Um, I, w- I was buying a synth from a guy. The sizer, synthesizer, everyone. Synthesizer, yeah, yeah. that's what it means. <laughs> In the biz, um, they call it synth. Yeah. The guy, I, I show up to the house, it's it's 9.30. I drove an hour and a half. Wait, wait, 9.30 p.m. PM. You yes. drove an hour and a half? Yeah, it was in um, Palm Beach or something like that. You drove to him? Well, real no. quick, yes. well, what's, I was what's, buying from Palm Coast. Yeah. What's the margin? Coast? What's the Palm margin Coast, that yeah. you're going to make on this synth? It's a synth it was just wanted. A really, yeah, I wanted it. It was a, oh, okay. a, a keyboard I wanted. So, which um, which keyboard was it? It's a uh, Dave Smith Instruments Mofo. Is oh, what it's called. yeah, yeah, totally. I love that one. Yeah. I played that a lot. Wait, we are synths and keyboards the same thing? Yeah, they're similar, pretty much. A synthesizer is a keyboard, but a keyboard isn't necessarily a synthesizer. It's a type of keyboard. You have one of those keyboards that looks like a guitar, and you strap it around your shoulder. Guitar. I have one that has guitar straps, um, and you can it can be played that way. Oh, cool! Yeah. So it's pretty wild. It's anyway, nine thirty at night. Okay, You've dri- so driven up, an hour and a half through the Florida swamp. Right. Uh, the the house is pretty secluded. The all the lights are off. It's kind of, there's like an unspoken Craigslist rule that you know you, you have Starbucks. your lights on. Yeah. You're prepared. In other words, the guy yeah. knew I was driving a long way. I stand outside for 10 minutes. I text him. I said, I'm here. Could you come outside? I, you know, I feel weird walking up to this house. Uh, he, he opens the door. Uh, he says, 
come, it's and and by the way, he he looks like the guy in his gang that makes the beats for the other people who rap. So like, <laughs> oh yeah, he come, he says you know come in, and so I, I go in and I walk. In front of there's a a dude and a baby watching cartoons sitting on the couch. They don't look at me. You gotta watch out for the the dude and the baby. Why is that baby awake at nine thirty? That's almost the number one question you can ask in life when you're around in the evening. Is why is that baby awake? Why? Like you'd be shocked how many times when you go to Walmart at twelve thirty a.m. Why is that baby? And there's up? a full family with babies. Yeah, you know, like yeah. What's why, going why on? Why is that baby up? Why is that four year old? They got preschool. I, yeah, that's my new Twitter both profile. Why is that baby awake? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, anyway, so make this quick. Uh, we we walked to the the area where there was a pool table instead of a like a dining table or something. Oh, that was it, a gift. I he says, had that once. Yeah. He says, uh, "Wait here, I'll get it." And he walks into the other room, and um, so I'm waiting there. I look to my left. There's uh, five teenagers more, in a more circle babies. in the kitchen eating pizza. And uh, it was very bizarre. They one of them looks over and he goes, "Sup?" And I'm like, "Hi." And so I just kind of like turn around. What, hello, sir? I, I, have, I have like a, a handful of money in my pocket, you know. So I'm thinking this guy's going to walk out with like some sort of weapon and say like, give me your yeah. money and, and leave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, turns out he didn't. He, he, <laughs> turns he, out he, it was a normal transaction. Yeah, he, 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 he had, had the, the synth and, and, you know, I, I got out of there as fast as possible. <laughs> Much like Joy's uh, scary was, story. I, there, was yeah. a, there was a minute I thought something bad yeah, was going to Yeah, it was a little anticlimactic, but let me yeah, ask you Sorry about that. Yeah. How close were you to pulling out the steak knife that was in your back pocket and threatening everyone I mean, in that I, home? I had my hand on it. <laughs> you can, yeah. you can yeah. walk up to the teenagers yeah. and be like, all right, let's do this right now. Yeah, but then he just take, fight. But he just takes the knife and sl- cuts himself a little yeah. piece of the pizza. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's do <laughs> and this. And they have a story of the time they thought they were going to yeah. get robbed at knife point. <laughs> and he just, a, Craigslist. he just wanted yeah. a piece of pizza. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, uh, our very own Aaron Hambury mm-hmm. talks to author John Eldridge about his new book called Moving Mountains. It's about prayer. And it's a fantastic and fascinating conversation. And then uh, singer-songwriter Phil Wickham joins us. He has a new album out called Children of God. Uh, well, that's going up later as well. Uh, but for all that, it's time for our weekly look back at what happened this week in culture and entertainment. It's time for... In case you missed it. In case you missed it, uh, Jeff Bridges this week partnered with the Plastic Pollution Coalition to warn about the devastating effects of plastic. Yeah. Uh, do, do you see this? Uh, he, they put I mean, a PSA out. Uh, warning about the dangers of plastic to the oceans, the environment, even human health. Uh, basically, K cups is going to uh, ruin the ruin. K cups is rough. Yeah. I really can't believe they haven't figured out a fully degradable com- version of it, compostable, yeah. biodegradable something version of K cups. It seems it, like everybody would stop using those. But yeah. but it's not just that. I mean, this video has some stats that are pretty shocking. Just about things like plastic bags. Well, thank you for that yeah. uh, segue. Here's part of the clip of the. Uh, the PSA that, <laughs> that went viral this weekend. That's a real professional podcast. Plastic is a substance the earth cannot digest. And every bit of plastic that has ever been created still exists. Every day in the United States, we throw out almost 88,000 tons of plastic. Whoa. Now, what happens to yeah. plastic after you use it? Well, most of it goes into landfills. A portion gets into the water course and eventually ends up in the oceans. Recycling is not a sustainable solution. It's actually called downcycling because plastic never goes away. Consumption of disposable plastics has spiraled out of control. What is the number one thing plastic is made out of? Well, every year we use 17 million barrels of oil 
to make plastic water bottles. This is enough to fuel one million cars every year. Plastic pieces on the ocean surface now outnumber sea life six to one. That's oh, plastic insane. Plastic makes up almost 90% yeah. of all trash floating on the ocean surface. 46,000 pieces of plastic per square mile. Uh. You should see the, the map does plastic have that they show health? of the oceans, how much of it's covered plastic in plastic. Chemicals it's crazy. like BPA crazy. are absorbed by the body. Studies show that they alter hormones and disrupt the endocrine system. Not, Jeff Bridges also has the greatest voice to do that kind of voice. Over. It's a little difficult. I mean, I, I heard what he's saying. I think he's got good points. But it's a like the dude abides in everything he <laughs> yeah, says, dude, doesn't he? Was like, yeah. That wasn't a character. That was a, like, that was a obviously biopic. Obviously, you're not a golfer. <laughs> yeah, right. In case you missed it, uh, this week, Beyonce clarified the message of her video for the song Formation that sparked a lot of controversy not too long ago. That and her halftime show uh, performance where it was kind of a Black Panther theme uh, got a lot of people saying she was like anti-law enforcement and, and, and anti-white people. And it was just, a, it was a whole thing. So this week she had an interview with Elle magazine and clarified the message of the song and video. Here's what she said. She said, I mean, I'm an artist and I think the most powerful art is usually misunderstood, but anyone who perceives my message as anti-police is completely mistaken. I have so much admiration and respect for officers and the families of officers who sacrifice themselves to keep us safe. But let's be clear, I am against police brutality and injustice. Those are just two separate things. If celebrating my roots and culture during Black History Month made anyone uncomfortable, those feelings were there long before a video and long before me. Ooh. And drop. mic drop, Beyonce. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah, for real. Drop hey. the over-the-ear little tiny mic. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it is like, joy that felt nice <laughs> a good hearty laugh it was like it was funny and then the visual kept going in my head <laughs> like when we deconstruct my jokes no but i think her opening point is the one is part of the the most compelling that you know the most powerful art is often misunderstood you know yeah. and and it, you know just the ability to create conversations even if there is some controversy from it being misunderstood proves that it's a powerful tool to spark real social difference because it got people talking. People are still talking about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, in case you missed it, Biebs prayed this week with Kanye and Puff Daddy. Did you see this on Instagram? Do you, uh, you follow the Biebs on the IG? I no. don't think I do. I mean, he's the only person I'm following. I mean, <laughs> great art is often misunderstood, man. Yeah. He's true. He has taken the art of the... Uh, you know, seemingly not self-aware selfie to a new level. Yeah. He posts very unflattering selfies of himself. I mean, he posts himself with hideous-looking dreadlocks. <laughs> really rough. <laughs> anyway, uh, the Beebs uh, went on Instagram to post an image taken backstage on his Purpose tour. Uh, the image shows Bieber praying with several individuals, including Kanye West and Puff Daddy, with the caption, Uncle Puff and Yeezy, giving thanks to Jesus. The image... As Uncle. of the time of recording, had Uncle, over 2 million Uncle likes. Puff. Uncle like Puff is exactly his new name, right? That's yeah. what he has to switch to. Yeah. Uncle Puff. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's prayer squad goals right there, guys. That's, that's <laughs> prayer squad goals. <laughs> I got to say, I would never let anybody take a picture of me like praying with people and post it. So. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, but they see it as like a public decoration of their faith yeah. and they're being a, like a witness to their fans. Like I, I we know. pray and I this know. is important to us. I know they do. It's totally great. I just always feel they weird see about it as that. outreach. You're a pastor. You're a former pastor, yeah. backslidden pastor. I don't know I, who you are, but I, I'm I am a uh, professional Christian. 
yeah. <laughs> I'm, let's so for you, it's just you're bragging, you know. For them, yeah. they're they're being I a guess. witness. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know that that prayer group existed. <laughs> yeah, now I got to get in on that. <laughs> yeah, that that's what a men's Bible study should look like. In case you missed it, uh, Louis C.K., journalist Laura Logan, novelist Jonathan Franzen, and other smart celebrities are headed to Jeopardy. The game's Ooh. Power Players Week, which will air in May, uh, was announced this week, and it will feature celebrities playing for a charity in a standalone tournament. Uh, but right. unlike Celebrity Jeopardy, the questions will actually be hard because these are smart celebrities. I love it. Yeah. Other intestines, uh, contestants will include Mad Men creator Matthew Weiner, CNN's Anderson Cooper, uh, political analysts Chuck Todd, David Gregory, and Essie Cup, and Senator Al Franken. This makes Jeopardy like a thousand times more intriguing to me. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. what? how will they do in real Jeopardy? Because that's the question, because everybody on Celebrity Jeopardy is like, I mean, obviously SNL famously just ripped it apart for yeah. a couple of seasons. Which is interesting that, that Al Franken's going to be on it. I feel like it's coming full circle. Yeah, he's, yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. really excited. I think um, Louis C.K., for the win. Uh, in case you missed it, a new Will Ferrell movie was announced this week. It's a, a new comedy about average Joes who travel to the North Pole, and it's called Ice Pack. It's based on a real New York Times Magazine article called An Insurance Salesman and a Doctor Walk into a Bar and End Up at the North Pole. Uh, <laughs> in the late 60s, the middle-aged professionals randomly decided to snowmobile to the North Pole. They became the first people ever to traverse the icy landscape and make it to the North Pole. And uh, Will Ferrell is doing a comedy about it. So there you go. It's, it's, funny. it's so weird that they're making this a comedy. Hi, uh, we saw Dumb and Dumber. They they rode the little moped together. Yeah, but this is but this is true. Like this is like these dudes Dumb and like, probably really did it. it. It's not a true story. And let's How? clarify: we have not all seen Dumb and Dumber. Come on, it's no. a classic comedy. Sure. Yeah, and that's what everybody says. My brother loaded it onto my phone. I tried to watch it on a flight one day, and I literally I got 15 minutes in, and I was like, "Well, I now know where all these quotes come from." But I literally cannot keep watching this. It's so bad. Are you sure you were watching the first one? Yeah, she was watching Dumb and Dumber. No, it was for real, the real one. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, in case you missed it, Jesse, uh, what's something that happened at the site this week? Okay, what, one one piece that I really feel like hits a, a big felt need for uh, a lot of people in our audience is uh, uh, things to do when God seems distant, which is, again, one of those topics where I feel like it, it's, it's often ignored because it's a little bit more difficult. But the piece actually gets really practical steps of what to do when there are times in your life when you're passionate about your pursuit for God and, and, and you really want intervention and you want to feel God's present, but it just doesn't feel that way. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> it looks at uh, people from the actual Bible that experience the same thing uh, that in that ways that- Like uh, Jesus uh, on the cross? Well, I, I, don't, mm. I don't think it gives that exact example, but that would be one. Well, yeah. uh, that uh, that would be an extreme example, but <laughs> certainly be... an accurate one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, but it, it great, gives really great uh, biblical practical steps of what to do when we all experience those times in your life. Like give uh, in to death and then get resurrected again. Again, an extreme example, but not an inaccurate one. Yeah, not, not, not wrong. Not really the spirit of what we're... Not technically wrong. Yeah, not the spirit. I mean, the, the advice isn't that extreme. Uh, we're, we're, we're looking at uh, an example from C.S. Lewis. We oh, talked okay. about it being normal. Oh, okay. uh, but again, your cake is a hot one, Amen. too. Yeah, hot cake. I know how to get clicks. <laughs> You're very true. So uh, if, if you want to uh, give this one more clicks, and if this is going to uh, help you out, check it out. It's five things uh, to do when God seems distant. It's, distant. it's right now uh, up at relevantmagazine.com. Yeah, that'll do it for the, this week. In case you missed it. All right, it's time for entertainment releases. Music coming out on Friday, April 15th, tax day. 
Don't even get me started about taxes. Why? Oh, man. What's the deal with taxes? <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm not going to talk about it. I actually, <laughs> do you actually, do your own taxes, Eddie, or do you take it to a place with like a Statue of Liberty person no, no, no. waving we, we your have car? A, we have a tax accountant. Self-employed. I mean, you know. We yeah, get you got to. Yeah. Oh, it's but, so but, much. But let, let, let me ask you this. Do those things work? Like, does anyone, is anyone like driving down the street, like by a shopping center, yeah, right? Right. And they see, and they're like, I, I, you know, what's really been on my mind a lot. I need someone to handle the most intimate details of my personal finances. Someone I can trust. Someone a true professional. I just don't know where to turn. There's a lot of money and potentially, you know, criminal uh, uh, you know, things at stake here. Who can I trust? Oh, look, there's a guy waving and dancing with an iPod wearing a, 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 a shabby Statue of Liberty costume. That's the person right there. Yeah, see, I totally agree. I don't know if you're being sarcastic, but I think you got a good point. I think that's who you should go to. Why? Because, I mean, the, because I their mean, level of commitment? Who likes doing taxes? I mean, it's the worst. So, like, if you're building a business around doing the worst thing, yeah. I'm yeah. kind of like, you know what? At least he's fun. Yeah, yeah. We've got a sense of humor about it, and you're willing to do the absolute worst thing in the year. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't care what you're wearing. I don't care if you got a little silly gimmick. You're willing to do taxes, and I think that says a lot about a person's character. Yeah, <laughs> not only are you willing to do taxes, you're willing to dance out in the middle of an intersection dressed as the Statue of Liberty on a cold day. It's a cold time of year to do that job. Yeah, but the Statue of Liberty costumes, are pro it's probably, it doesn't breathe that much. It's probably it's warmer than you think. a little bit. Yeah. Eddie, Eddie, for the first time in podcast history, I disagree, but I have no further argument as to why. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I know you're wrong, but I, I don't. I don't know how to prove that. I don't even that. have the mental energy <laughs> right. to go there. <laughs> like, actually, just call on me later. I, I'm going to take a minute. <laughs> but to your point, Eddie, those just Statue of Liberty suits trap in a lot of heat. Trust me, I know from experience. Trust me. <laughs> you can only see me from the neck up right now. <laughs> neck down, all Statue of Liberty. <laughs> I mean, it's basically wearing a gigantic bed comforter out there. Yeah, it's time for entertainment releases. Okay, well, while you're, uh, while you're running, you know, at 9 p.m., for the extended hours at the post office to drop off your taxes, uh, you can you could uh, download these releases that day, and this could be your soundtrack to getting a windfall of money. Have you been taking some sort of broadcasting class? That was a perfect transition. Not bad, right? Yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> Sam Beam and Jessica Hoop is coming out uh, are coming out with a love letter for fire. Oh, that's Iron and Wine, right? Yeah, that's the, the guy. guy from Iron and Wine. Hey, I just wanted to say that because it's like the a thing I knew. He has uh, a super cool voice. They're super distinctive. Yeah. The Fifth Service is coming out with Proven. Kate LeBond is coming out with Crab Day. And PJ Harvey is coming out with the Hope Six Demolition PJ Project. Harvey. PJ Harvey. Yeah, from late 90s. Oh. No, no, I, I, I listened to a bit of the PJ Harvey because I was wondering if we should include it. And it's actually pretty cool sounding. There so. you go. Classic PJ uh, Harvey. Movies coming out the same day. <laughs> uh, after you drop off your taxes, you're either super excited and hoping and anticipating the refund check, or you're yeah. really bummed out because you just. Cut a massive check. Either way, yeah. go to the movies. Yeah, You could go see The Jungle Book. It's coming out that night. Uh, it's the the scary adult version it of The Jungle intense. Book. It looks intense. It looks like Life of Pi meets like, Jungle like I'm Book. trying to figure out what what child age this is intended for. I don't know, man. Like, yeah. older. I mean, but like, who? what older kid wants to see The Jungle Book? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's right. like, they don't know they do. Because I was expecting, I don't think there's any singing and dancing, and I don't think Baloo yeah, is Yeah, there's that. not a singing bear. I don't want to go. Uh, well, Bill Murray bear is the voice of it. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's why that clip makes sense. Okay, that... Yeah. Got it. Uh, yeah. Bill, Bill I, I Murray, Elba, voice Ben Baloo. Kingsley, Scarlett Johansson. She's the freaky snake. 
Oh, yeah. So mm. It's all sorts of scary stuff. Oh, uh, I, 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 I have seen that it's gotten really good reviews, and I'm actually curious to see what it's all about. Yeah, John Favreau is really solid. He does good movies. Also coming out, Barbershop 2, the next cut, speaking of solid movies. Yeah. Ice Cube, Nicki Minaj, Common. Yeah, I'm down the, with that. The whole cast and crew. It took them a while to get number two going, it seems like. Wasn't Barbershop, wasn't the original like 10 years ago? Or is that yeah. my yeah. favorite? Not more. Like, Barbershop 2, Electric Boogaloo. Yep, God's not dead. <laughs> Criminals coming still out. Still not dead. <laughs> yeah, Barbershop 2, still not dead. Yeah, the business is still kicking. Just yeah. barely keeping on, keeping on. Yeah. Um, Head above water. Keeping the barbershop open. Uh, also coming out Criminal, uh, the Gal Gadot, uh, Ryan Reynolds, and Kevin Costner movie about uh, the memories and skills of a deceased CIA agent are implanted into an unpredictable and dangerous convict. Oh. Bum, bum, bum. Scary. Electric Boogaloo. Uh, also, Colonia, Emma Watson's uh, movie coming out. A young woman's desperate search for her abducted boyfriend draws her into it. the infamous Colonia Dignidad. Oh, my gosh. A sect nobody next, ever escaped from. Next movie. You got the whole <laughs> gamut. You got Jungle Book, Barbershop 2, Criminal, and Colonia. Everything you need. Everything you yeah, need. Yeah, literally every genre. Yeah. I saw the new Superman Batman last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that was fine. There you go. I, <laughs> that's, that's my review. There you go. That's fine. What's the big deal? Everybody's <laughs> freaking out about it. Eddie's review of Batman vs Superman. Ah, uh, say about two and a half hours. Yeah, certainly a movie. <laughs> I had popcorn. There were previews. It was dark. It was dark in there. Yeah, decent place to enjoy a night alone. Yeah, yeah. a night alone. Oh, oh you yeah. didn't even get a little hand holding. No, Brian had book club. Daddy went to a movie alone. Oh, my tip for going to movies alone is it's great, but don't go to see scary movies alone. I remember I went and saw Manchurian Candidate by myself, and I was like, "You have no one to grab." And well, I'm like, a, "I'm I'm not a screamer. I like low grunt and kick the chair in front of me." Ew. Oh gosh, <laughs> it's very specific. See, that's why I don't go to movies uh, by myself because I'm afraid there's a low grunt kicker. Yeah, uh, <laughs> what do you mean proximity? That's why I lay jackets. I bring, I wear in like seven jackets and just lay them in like a, a, a ring around me in all the seats. And li lift up all the armrests. So like the velociraptor busts its head into the kitchen. Oh, what noise yeah. do you make? <gasps> That's exactly, yeah, yeah. So it's like, well, and you know the tension is building. So already my heart's like beating fast. And then when the loud sound comes or the velociraptor breaks through the door, I just go, ooh, like that. Gosh, you got, you got Mike and Ike's flying and uh, you got, what do you have in the other hand? You have Twizzlers just going Popcorn. everywhere. You got your little hat but, on with the soda on each side. Let me ask you this because I feel like there's all if you go to the if you go to some movie theaters, there's always the person in there who's hilarious and loves to break the tension. I would just like at that moment go, Nope, I'm out and everyone starts <laughs> laughing and community thing. I love that. You know what I mean? You, are you, who's ever that guy? Anyone on this podcast, is anyone ever that guy? I would know and I would never no, say no, I would never no. I would never do Are that. you Jesse? I, I, yeah, I, he wants say, to think he I is that guy. If the right one-liner comes into my head, I will shout it in the theater. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> Much to Dana's chagrin. Sweet well, Dana. just to try to get some, like I said, breaking the tension. We're all here together. Like if you want, hey. if you wanted peace and quiet, you could have watched a movie. At everyone has Netflix these days. You could just watch at your house. If you didn't want me to shout hilarious jokes and add to the enjoyment of everyone's having. Yeah, you I just watch on your couch by yourself. I, I will say, seeing Batman, uh, Superman versus Batman with an audience was great because, like you know, it it does have some pretty large, uh, sweeping holes in the plot and a couple of moments that you're like, seriously. <laughs> but there were like five women in Kinda the back like left behind. Uh, yeah, like exactly <laughs> like that. But there were five women in the back that were providing the soundtrack of our disgust. That every once in a while would be like, like one time the lady just said, like a new character pops on the screen. 
and you're like, where did that come from? And this lady just says out loud, seriously? And I was like, perfect. Good. You said not, that's I'm not saying, the only one. It enhanced your enjoyment. Oh, I, I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was great. Right. Just, Jesse, your mindset of movie commentary is exactly my mindset at Magic Games. So it's the same thing. You just want to yeah. say the thing that breaks attention it's, it's and true. makes everybody make laugh. More in, entertaining. Yeah, great. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Like, that's like, if you wanted to watch it in peace and yeah. quiet, you, you, you have totally a TV. Could have. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally could have. Eddie, I just remember that when I did see uh, Jurassic Park and was a little grunting in the theater, uh, there was a perfect opportunity for your new Twitter account because next to me was a five-year-old girl on her mom's lap. And I couldn't even enjoy the movie or scream because right. I was like, I'm going to scare this little... Like, why was she there? Why was a she... A five-year-old no, at Jurassic no, Park? I went to a yeah. 9.30 showing. A 9 o'clock showing. Why is that baby up? Why is that baby <laughs> up? There's a kid that's <laughs> seven. There was a bunch of teenagers eating a pizza. It was <laughs> shocking. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I saw Captain America a couple years ago and there's like a four-year-old in the theater and I thought this is not okay. Right, I mean because it was like PG-13 incredibly violent. You know, anyway. Yeah, there was a baby at the soccer game the other day. Why is that baby up? Why is that baby awake? That'll do it for In Case You Missed It. Uh, entertainment releases and uh, Eddie's review of Batman vs. Superman. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. Listening to Gallant, smooth. The the song is Skipping Stones. It's featuring Janae Iko, one of my favorite R&B singers. Yeah, me too. Saw her at Lala a few years ago. She's amazing. I think you're kind of obsessed with Gallant these Uh, days. Wait, we've heard a lot of y'all just heard it. That's why. I no, mean, we've amazing. heard a lot on the show. It's good. It's amazing. It was like yeah, that. Uh, it was like when I started the show. Daft Punk had just released that album, and that's all we did was talk about Daft Punk. Yeah, for we're a gonna. Month. So we're on our. Th- this but it's is a the, positive thing. This is the third yeah. song from the album it's that the we've played. Cycle. Yes, this is a good yeah. thing. It's the third song. We got like twelve more to go. We got twelve more weeks of Galant material. <laughs> oh yeah, we did it with the when uh, what is it? Twenty twenty came out. Yeah, we, yeah. We're just gonna work our way through the discography. We should. <laughs> we yeah. should. This yeah. is the time of year for it. All right. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Timo Adv with "I Need You." O D V is his last name. I don't know Adv? how you say it. I said Timo Adv. That yeah. is that is a Wheel of Fortune puzzle waiting to happen. No one would get that. Timo Adv. Wheel of Fortune. Oh, because the letters. Yeah, they yeah. never figured yeah, that out. That's true. It's just random letters thrown up there. Yeah. yeah. He must be a Norwegian or something. It would be up there, completely solved, and people would just be like, I, I guess I'll spin. <laughs> I don't even know what that's spin. I don't know. I'll don't spin. Know. Not only do I not, yeah, I guess do I keep spinning because I have no idea what that word is. Timodv? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Uh, as long as I need you. There you go. Okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I remember a few years ago when Google Glass came out. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was a cool invention, a cool idea. Uh, but pairs. I would never be caught dead wearing Google Glass. <laughs> are, were you, are you guys in the same boat with that? Uh, like, like I said, the concept is cool. Yeah, and the applications you, you look are pretty cool. silly. 
for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a red flag to everyone around you. Big it connected, time nerd just walked in. It connected seamlessly. Yeah. It was like, it was the 2010 version of a pocket protector. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like, I'm a nerd and I have a lot of money. I do love seeing the people who have one in public because they're so proud of the fact that they have one. Yes. Yeah. Oh, they're just walking around like it's a- like It's like the guy in 2001 that had the big Bluetooth earpiece. Right. Yeah. 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 That was me. That yeah. was me. He it's the Iron Man flashy. guy. They're all walking around like that guy, whatever the Iron Man's real name is. Yeah. Yeah. To- Tony, Tony Stark. Stark. Yeah. A very, like- a very lame Tony Stark. Right. Like, like in the- their mind, they're Tony Stark. In right. reality, they're just a big nerd. <laughs> like in like their their self image is Tony Stark. Everyone else is like, seriously, the Jews wearing Google Glass in here. You yeah. know, you've got but- a full iPad kind of connected to the side of your glasses. Yeah, you literally you have an iPad strapped to your face. Like, what kind of <laughs> augmented reality are you living here in the Starbucks? You just dude? put a computer in front of your face. It's not augmented. It's do just. You, a- do you remember they they announced? Announced a partnership with Warby Parker yeah. to do a line of Warby Parker with Google Glass built yeah. into it. Yeah. Like what? Oh, then they pulled the plug. I probably because Warby I probably did, couldn't or? do it. Yeah, they probably couldn't do it. It, it would look it too good. It wasn't nerd enough. Yeah. It yeah. Would look too nice. Yeah. 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 Because anyone who wears Warby Parkers isn't going to strap a yeah. computer to their face. Yeah. So so the nerd community that embraced Google Glass yeah. rejected the good looking version. <laughs> right. And so it just fell in no man's land and failed. Yeah. Well, uh, that problem may soon be solved because Samsung has just been granted a, a, a patent in South Korea, which is a very obviously uh, uh, advanced tech society yeah. for contact lenses. That will display images directly onto your eyeballs. Ooh, Not weird. only that, but it also has an outfacing camera oh. and sensors that can be controlled by blinking. It also has it's an like the Terminator eye. It's the future, guys. It's it this. is a it is a Terminator eye. That's crazy. But let's it's go a here contact for a lens that turns your eye into a computer into a Terminator. Not only that, uh, because uh, like the Terminator eye, for example, you could access data, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, I could look at something. Oh, I know. And I could get information back. So how they're going to achieve that with the contact is it's going to sync through Bluetooth to your smartphone. Wow. So wow. it's literally a computer right on your eyeball. And you don't have to look like a big dork walking around. And you won't even notice okay, it because it's only Jesse. an inch and a half thick and a, and a one inch <laughs> diameter. Uh, you like no one will even know. You can't close your You got to put your, drops your in every 10 seconds. Red. Yeah. Jesse, Jesse, paint this scenario for me. What happens when a little bug flies in someone's eye? It'll know. Yeah, it, it well, it, it's funny you should say that. It'll identify the bug. Yeah, there's actually one that uh, Google has also submitted a patent for that it it, it measures uh, like chemical makeups in your eye, and it can have like a health application. So it can basically feel if your blood sugar begins oh. to fall because I guess blood sugar is in the liquid on the surface of your eye and it can send the information to your phone. And if you're having some sort of like medical condition, it'll order you a pizza. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's like that Domino's auto dial. Imagine how different call Domino's. Imagine how different steel magnolias would have been had they had that technology. Pretty deep cut there, remember? Yeah. Please leave that in the show. Movie that came out in 1993, Please. starring Sally Field. Yeah, yeah, Imagine yeah, yeah. how that film don't, would have changed. Don't take that out because it's, it's, I deserve uh, that humiliation. I shouldn't have brought it up. That was my fault. I made the mistake. Yeah, I just I, looked this up. Did you guys see what uh, Samsung is calling it? What? Magic Eye. Oh, yeah. They're not. They're not. Well, Cameron, this would solve your problem because it would just project it right into your eye. Oh, that's what I should have been seeing all those years. Yeah. No, no wow, I, I, I really actually, I, I'm interested in this. I don't, I have 
decent eye vision, so I don't need it for that. But oh I, gosh. I would like contacts like Brag that that would track oh. the health of my eye because I got snow blindness several years ago, and then had to go to the doctor, and they said I have like the beginning stages of glau- glaucoma, so they have to keep looking at me every year to track it. So could this do that? Yeah, I'm sure. uh, I'm sure it could. The other interesting thing in this article I'm looking at, uh, to make it appeal to the true core nerd audience that would really want this, uh, they're going after the goth trend of uh, cat and different eyeball designs on the front of it. So you can be clearly... I'm so nerdy. I Do have, have the, one of these the one things where on. your eyes a giant pupil. Yeah, I, yes, yes. I, yeah, I like this. Yeah, I see that one where yeah. it's all black. Right. Yeah. Uh huh. I like. Yeah. Them. Samsung has come out and said, "Listen, we've we've developed the technology. We can project images on the surface of the eye. We've created Terminator. There's one catch. There's no way to make it not look like a weird cat eye. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why our scientists cannot crack it. But you have can have. It's you the can way have the Bluetooth circuits. You know the wiring for the Bluetooth. <laughs> there's just, there's just, there's just no way. <laughs> I hate to bring this up. We, we have the greatest minds in the world, but they can't make this not look like a really creepy cat. It's the only way. <laughs> like the CEO does, the CEO does like the Steve Jobs big rollout, and everyone's just so disoriented by his cat eyes. Right, like it's terrifying. Um, I, I hate to bring up Joy's medical stuff, but Joy, yeah. what is snow blindness, and how do you know you have it? Like, I know I shouldn't, but then I'm so... She didn't wear sunglasses while skiing, and the intense brightness of the snow burned her, cor- her corneas or something. But then is really? that still happening? I wish I could say that I was skiing. I was just hiking. Um, it, no, it it was like a 48-hour worse pain. Like, I've broken bones, and it was more painful than that. So, yeah, it just burns your cornea. Oh. Is it like a sunburn on your eye? Yeah, or it's yeah, like exactly. why you, you got to protect your eyes, like the beach and things like that, places where yeah, it's incredibly bright. I didn't know bright. it was beautiful out. I didn't want to put on sunglasses. Good. Well, Joy's medical history update. I just am always curious. Yeah. Anything else we should know about? This week, I got early or er, adult onset allergies. What? Never like, had them in my life. I'm, I think <laughs> I might be in the same boat. I was going to really? say, did you self-diagnose? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. true. She went, on, I, I definitely oh. she went on WebMD. Oh, you did yeah. self-diagnose. Well, a little bit, but I'm really <laughs> excited because I I feel like that is a binary I feel like answer. Everyone always gets to say they have yeah, allergies because right now we know that you've self diagnosed with adult onset allergies. Yeah, uh, that um, weird the, sound the, one. ASMR. I or, bet she self diagnosed the yeah the the snow blindness. Did you see a doctor with the snow blindness? No, there's no way. Yeah, I went to the ER in the middle of the night and drove myself, which was also really dumb. Well, it's nice, so it doesn't matter. I I can't. See, I gotta get behind the wheel of this car. Hurry! You know they have Uber. Just but let me tell you, they didn't at the time. But let me tell you why um, this joy self-diagnosis is so great. Because that night in the ER was expensive. Self-diagnosing, Google search, free. So, and I went out and I got, I got some naturopathic. Did you prescribe yourself something? What? Did you oils. prescribe yourself? Oh, she's got oh. all kinds of like organic yeah. ginger root pills. And like, listen, I got snow blindness. I I rubbed ginger root onto my eyeball, <laughs> right? And it made things way worse. But eventually, I got better, so I think it worked. Yeah, I'll be honest. Sure. Okay, I'll say this: I I'm not around the oil industry much, but on our <laughs> are or are not, I'm not. Oh, yeah. Um, but I go. I was on this trip, you know, to with a group, you know, uh, over to Europe and stuff. And I got on the bus because we went around in, in a bus, and I couldn't handle this intense stench 
<laughs> and I didn't know what it was. Come to find out, one of the ladies was like a pusher of the essential oils mm. and was like kind of showing off like how amazing you know it was or whatever. And sure enough, like all of them, all the other ladies on our in our group kind of like that was their dinner conversation about and Oil? they were comparing notes and stuff. Uh. And they smelled so bad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's nothing good about anyway. I know. That's because Cameron, your nostrils are acclimated to the smell of chemical colognes, not the natural mm. sense of God's green earth. All right, uh, what do you have, Eddie? Well, uh, we want to enter the world of stand-up comedy a little bit, but with a twist. Uh, what do you guys think about... Um, do you guys like any... Like juggling and comedy or prop comedy? Like, what's Did the I say, tw- uh, twist? You said enter the world of stand-up comedy, stand-up but with com- a twist. So it's alt comedy? Well, some comedians have kind of started... <laughs> like, I think it's prop. He's definitely talking prop. He's yeah. talking Carrot Top. Yeah, Carrot Top. Do you like <laughs> Carrot Top? Jeff Dunham ventriloquism is what does it for does, me. Does that work for you? Magic <laughs> comedy. Magic comedy. You ever seen, you've seen a funny magician that it's even better than, than dramatic magic. Yeah. Well, I don't know about better. I, it's on par. I'm going to see a... <laughs> which is saying something. I'm actually going to see stand-up tonight. There, oh, is, a, oh. there is a local terrible bar uh, that has what... I mean, I can only imagine is terrible stand-up comedy, but I I have heard rumor that there is a possibility of an open mic set, which <gasps> I think... I think actually ah. means that some of their comedians just don't show up, and then if there's somebody yeah, there that wants to do space. five minutes, yeah, it's hard for me not to consider going up there. To. Oh, the pr- do you the, have pre- do you have material or are you just gonna wing it? That the material is the problem because I have things. I think we've run across this on the show, and I could use some wisdom on this. Okay, let's I hear have it. plenty of stuff I think is funny. Okay, could I say it in public? You have. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. There's so, this podcast that you're on every week. No, but like the Chilean miners, I'm obviously going to bring that up, right? <laughs> Time fresh. It's fresh. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's, no, it's like that old NBC. It's that it's that old NBC summer reruns right. uh, campaign they did about ten years ago and said, the, "Hey, if you haven't seen it, it's new to you." Yeah, I, I won't go through. I, I mean, you know, I'm just saying. So let me ask this: The things I think are funny. I have a question. Okay, Jesse. I have a question. Okay, I'm going to let you get because I'm interested to where this is going. I'm actually. Tremendously interested. So you're gonna walk up there, yeah, at the open mic, yeah, and be like, "Hey, how about them Chilean miners? Remember when those guys got stuck in the mine? <laughs> What's the deal with those miners?" <laughs> yeah, and then then you're gonna launch into All the, the Chilean attention stuff. they got. I think I I think so. I mean, I think that's probably my second one. I don't know if it's what do you open? What's your opening bit? Yeah, do you have like I, do you have like jokes or is it just you start ranting about them? Yeah, I think it's the second thing. I think it's mostly just observations. Yeah, I think which I think are funny, but I don't know if it's like okay, well, am I breaking new barriers in comedy or am I just not funny? So are you <laughs> are you going to be with people who just kind of laugh at everything you do and you're going to have a peanut gallery, or are you going to no. be in a room full of no, strangers himself, and this like guy go, just movie. walks up there? He's got a grudge. No, not not a grudge, but just like a like a like an off <laughs> you, you got an axe to grind with Chilean miners right. who who survived a tragedy whom right. you've never met. Right. So I'll start with uh I, I don't well, What's the opening line? Yeah. Toll booth well, operator. Well, well, here's the thing. I don't have a line. I just am trusting my instincts that I'll get up there and be funny, which I think may also be the second thing. Eddie, I don't have eyes. good material and I don't have anything written. Eddie, close your eyes right now. Right. Close your eyes right now. Okay. Yeah. Take a deep breath and act yeah. like you just walked up to the mic. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, it says this guy's name Please is Eddie welcome. Cockles. Edgy welcome Eddie. Yeah. Edgy Eddie. What, what, what Eddie do you got for us? Eddie Cockles. Yeah. Uh, I got invited. Uh, <laughs> I got invited. to get I got invited. Uh, I got invited last week to run a uh, a 5K for uh, for breast cancer awareness. Huh. Who's not aware at this point? 
<laughs> right? Who doesn't know? Oh, maybe good. it's uh, like maybe that. we're running a 5K for a cure. Like maybe oh. maybe I should run a 5K for like. Uh, oh, okay. you can, you can, so you're saying we should be in the cure mode now? Right, we're breast cancer yeah, cure. It's That's not what the we're awareness. For. You're, you're, maybe okay. who doesn't know? There's just one guy in the middle of Iowa. If I want awareness, but, maybe I'm running a 5K for like uh, you can choke on popcorn easier than you think. What are the odds that Which, that guy's going to be around with the area that you're running this 5K? That's, That's you know who they, they need to be so, made so, aware. So is that the method of the 5Ks? You're just hoping to run across that one neighborhood where that dude lives? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. This guy's out like, doing yard work. Be, yeah, I think everybody's aware. I think we should oh. be running around for a cure. Okay. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think what the Suman the... G. Coleman Foundation is, is they got the map and they just made three-mile radiuses <laughs> everywhere. And that's where these 5Ks go. We're going to cover every every inch. Yeah. So see, that's... And you just do an elongated pause, though, yeah. after you do that first line. Just, yeah, yeah. just hold it quiet for a little you bit longer than really, normal. Okay, yeah, yeah. This is good down. because, Joy, you've you've taken a lot of improv training, and Jesse, you've had one disastrous uh, stand-up experience. That's right. So, do you guys have uh, tips for our aspiring stand-up comedian over here? Oh well, my my tip is that I would never do stand-up. Yeah, <laughs> I, feel like, and, I feel like that's the hardest craft because the, yeah, because my- improv is like you're just making up on the spot and you're working with a team. You have people that help you. Uh, stand-up is a refined craft that has to have the joke at the end polished so that's why i'm a little nervous for you (laughs) oh because i don't have material and i haven't written it and you just heard some of it and it's not good i think i'm gonna be fine but here's why i'm excited for you though because i feel like instead of workshopping your material like writing it and then going and and performing it you are you're basically writing it on stage no and then see what people laugh at i actually have a lot of friends who are comedians and that's pretty much what they do they just you have a lot of friends who are comedians yeah in orlando there's actually a pretty good scene there's a pretty good underground comedy scene you're an interesting man you heard channing you are really interesting (laughs) i feel like we will know so much about you and have only started having having (laughs) been on this scene having been on the scene what is how do you think Eddie is going to be welcomed on to at night one. Well, I don't know what this place is like. I've never been. To it's it. not good. Uh, <laughs> it, it is not people. What's that I, the crowd? Yeah, it depends on the crowd. It man. is completely. It is people. It's the elderly. It's, it is it's boomers that just came in on their really, really expensive Harley Davidsons. It also depends oh, no. on, on, but, on but who it happens else to be in my neighborhood. So, so, so it's the wild hogs crowd. It, it is. Now they're all wealthy. Fans, they're all fans accountants of the film and wild hogs. Yeah, it's right outside my neighborhood. That's why we go to this little place. But uh, but yeah, no one's gonna like me. What about what about um, having your guitar? Like I've seen comedians mm-hmm. that play their guitar and kind of like talk. So, while so comedy strumming. with a twist. You, what's I your see. twist? Yeah. A, you'd have like a massive bow tie, or you'd have a guitar. I like that the material and the pitch was so bad that you're like, well, well, what if you introduced a prop? <laughs> could we, <laughs> what, could what we distract the people? Line, you <laughs> grab your suspenders and go, uh, hoo, 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 or yeah, so, yeah. something. Yeah. Just have Brienne on stage with you holding your hand, but don't ever acknowledge exactly. her. All right, so Edgy Eddie's going to have his comedy debut tonight. Well, that's, that's maybe. Exciting. You know, if everybody else drops out, and I'm not afraid, I might do it, I but I, I don't know. I don't want to promise There's anything. There's a lot of ifs. Yeah. So give us the update next week. That'll be good. Yeah. Not Was even. that your slice? I'm not even going to tell you my closer. Oh, oh, it is my slice. So anyhow, Amy Schumer, <laughs> this is totally, I went off the rails. Uh, Amy Schumer... Um, was featured this week in a special edition of uh, Glamour magazine. Wrote a I I don't know I never read Glamour. Have you? 
No. It's like a women's magazine? Yeah. Okay. They have like beauty tips. Uh, so um, they she was in a special edition, and it was under the title Women Who Inspire Us. And she was not pleased about that, because the issue is the chic at any size edition, and it was aimed at women size 12 and up, and also featured other, uh, as they said in this, plus-size celebrities, uh, Melissa McCarthy, Adele, and oh, model Ashley Graham. Um, Why would they do that? It's interesting, right? Okay, so she didn't like it because she said, I don't think there's anything wrong with being plus size. So she started off by saying that. Um, but she says, uh, plus size is considered size 16 in America. She said, but I go between size 6 and 8. And she said, it doesn't feel right to me. Young girls seeing my body type thinking that's plus size. Uh, she said, what are your thoughts? Mine are that it's not cool. Um, anyhow, she just kind of like pushed back at this whole idea that she or anyone would be sort of labeled plus size would be featured under this and she said plus i'm not even what would be traditionally considered plus size i don't know i just thought about it and i actually was like why did they do that why can't it just be women that inspire us or even just people that inspire us and then it doesn't i don't understand maybe i'm missing something but i don't understand how the size of them like why does why does the categorization the their physical yeah what does that have to do with it so that was kind of her point but i was curious what you all thought or your gut reactions to that I think any distinction of based on body size or any physical attribute yeah. is is weird. It, but it, it does seem somewhat prevalent as well. But that doesn't make it any less weird when you think about it objectively. It's yeah. like here's tall people that inspire us or whatever. You yeah. know, just d- making distinctions based on people's physical appearance doesn't seem very appropriate for. 2016 America or the world, you know, like it seems like we should be beyond classifying people like that. Right. Even Ashley Graham, who's a famous uh, model, said, I don't want to be like everybody calls her a plus size model. She's like, why am I not just a model? Like, I'm just I'm just pretty and I put on clothes. Like, why does it have to be? Why does the The distinction have to be there at all? I have a basketball signed by tall people that inspire me. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> what if a, a player Muxy Bokes' height was on the team? Would you accept this signature or no? No, it's too short. It doesn't inspire me. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> no, but I think that's, I mean, I think it's the same reason people Instagram, you know, Bible versus over kittens because it gets attraction, you know, and so Glamour magazine is Wait, that's about next beauty. level. I've only seen Bible verses over like sunsets. Hey, man. Uh, put them over kittens. I mean, <laughs> that's, that, uh, the internet Beeps. would explode. That's, yeah, that's plain to you. But it is, it is sad. It's like, it feels like if Glamour wanted to actually make a difference, they would do exactly what you said, Eddie. Just be like, women who inspire us. Right. Um, but they, you know, it gets traction. And I think on some sick level, it's probably because there are so many, I mean, men too, but so many women that have body image issues that are smaller that like, it's the same thing of when you see like stars like us that don't have makeup on to actually, it's veiled in this like, oh, look, we're featuring all sizes of women, but it's actually like a sick twisted thing for skinny girls who have body issues to be like, oh, feel good about themselves. That's, I mean, that's my personal opinion. Yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. You see the glamour and it's almost like they're like doing a little wink, like, Oh, we've included them as well. Like, yeah. okay. Well, Melissa McCarthy home. is hilarious, and it, uh, it has nothing to do with her size. She's just the funniest person. Yeah. All body image stuff is so strange, isn't it? Yeah. It's super weird. Do yeah. you have body image issues? Do I? Hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, totally. I mean, I, yeah, I've gained and lost. I, well, I hate it because, especially in front of people, like I've gained and lost the same, I don't know, 
40 pounds so many times over the last 15 years. And so much of it is like, I hate my least haters and people are like, you look great. And you're just like, oh, you were saying I didn't before. And then it just like gets in your head mm. and it starts to like tear you, like it tears you apart, even when it's a positive compliment. And mm-hmm. you're just like, just don't say anything. Just don't say anything at all hmm. about how I look. Just either way, it doesn't help. Like it's super connected. Like body stuff is so connected for me to like depression. So like I will go through a deep depression cycle and gain a bunch of weight. And when people like notice that, it's like you just have on display your junk. And so then mm-hmm. when you're like losing weight, you're typically like, oh, I'm kind of emerging from the woods here, and I'm off counseling, and I'm kind of like coming back to life. And so when people comment on it, it's almost like it always does the reverse. Like wow. it's not helpful at all. It's just like, man, this is like lifelong. And then you're like, like this is a bigger issue. Like this is talking about body shaming with women. There's no way that like um, like Melissa McCarthy, you know, you talk about like her and her size, but you're like part of it's not cute and funny. Like part of it, it's like it's my, she might be unhealthy. Like this may actually make her really concerned. She's not like... Like, we've seen so many famous people, like, that have died that are overweight, that it's like, this actually isn't something that we should talk about, because it's like, it's really personal, and it's on display. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of, mm-hmm. like, falling off the edge here in terms no, of what's I hear you. cogent. Yeah. But, yeah. like, you just don't talk about someone <clears throat> like that, because if it's an actual issue for them, like, they may really be in a hard medical spot. This is a real problem. Yeah, especially when it's used as like a, a poster child, you know, for inclusivism, like. Yeah. So the whole body shaming thing, plus size, plus size podcaster. <laughs> What's the, yeah. How weird it's would that up. be? How it's weird super would that messed be? up. People do it on Podcasters the who inspire us. I hate it because when I would yeah. walk off stage at, as a pastor at Summit and, you know, and I would be like, you know, I was like running and was like training for this, whatever. They're like, you look great. And you're just like, you're always looking, aren't you? You're always, but you know they're not. Like, you know yeah. people are just being nice. Just yeah, like, I like right. your, like, you have a cool hat on. It says Obey, and I thought it was really neat. Thanks. It's not a commentary on everything. I just like your hat. So people You're are noticing watching, you're getting healthier, but it's such a deeply <laughs> psychological thing that's, like, on display. You know, it's like mm-hmm. your junk You're saying is just, he likes it better when you cover up your hairline. Yeah. yeah. And, and when you don't wear a hat, it distracts yeah. him. He doesn't you like are, it. He's trying to encourage you. To, yeah, I really support. You're one of my top ten bald pod- podcasters. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm number one, by the way. <laughs> podcasters are inspired. Oh wow. Okay. Well, Joy, uh, what do you have for your slice? Oh well, um, you know, I usually start with a question, but I'm going to save that for later. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to oh, save it for later. Yeah, I'm just going to switch things up, keep you guys on your toes. Um, but I have some breaking news, and that breaking news is that I've got competition. Oh. Um, yeah, you know that I've been dabbling in investigative journalism. Also right? basketball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dabbling is the word right of the day. One. I'm sorry. I usually don't comment on our own jokes, but that was a great callback. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Anyhow, keep going. <laughs> um, so anyways, um, you know, but I got into invest- investigative journalism late in life. But you guys have all been really supportive of me. But my competition is uh, a young girl who has gotten into investigative journalism very young. She's nine years old. And her name is Hildy Kate Lysiak. I think I'm pronouncing that right. And the Washington Post just did a feature on her because (laughs) not only does she do investigative journalism, but like crime is like her area of passion. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. And she lives in this small town uh, in Pennsylvania. And she ha- she's incredible. I like got lost in her blog this morning because she does both written stuff. Her dad used to be a reporter, so he reviews and edits her stuff. But then she also does YouTube videos. And her much older uh, 11-year-old sister, Lizzie, uh, films her and edits the videos and helps get them on her website. But basically, she lives in this really small town, and she gets tips from people. And on Saturday morning, this last Saturday, uh, she got a tip that there was a, a murder. And she, there's like a little video. She went over to the murder site, and she's like, I'm investigating, and I'm going to find more details, da-da-da-da-da, and stay tuned. Well, so then she writes it up, posts the video but like the other news outlets, they didn't get to it until like Sunday night or Monday. So she, she's like, she actually broke it. Yeah, she broke the story. How did she get a tip? That's what, that, they don't expand. They're just, they were like, um, you know, how did you find out about this? And she was like, I got a tip, and I followed up on it. And, they, if, and, my, and the if my Post nine-year-old like, got a tip about a real murder, I think I would be concerned. <laughs> no, yeah. because I wrote my sources. Filter on her browser. My goodness. No, here's the thing is she's been doing this for a while. And so it's such a small town that there's a lot of people that really believe in her and they do tell her these things. She's like, she contacts the police. She calls the police station all the time. There's a video of her because I'm kind of like, was her dad writing this? Like, um, but there's a video of her. uh, One of her news uh, articles was on um, reporting on the city council meeting. And there's a video of her speaking to the city council. No notes. She has a microphone. She gets up and she speaks for a solid, like, two minutes uh, talking about how vandalism is on the rise and that she thinks the community needs to go from four cops to five cops. And uh, she is starting a a GoFundMe page to raise the $40,000 to support their uh, salary. But she really needs the support of the city council to get behind her. And she's articulate. Uh, it's, It's incredible. I'm fascinated by her. But what made me, what made her my hero is that she like breaks this uh, murder news story and people like left all these really mean comments about like you should be you know doing tea parties why this that is not maybe what I'm so late what <laughs> why yeah, that maybe I'm so yeah, late this grouchy guy yeah <laughs> just because Wait. she's yeah she's investigating a murder and maybe to unwind she went to a movie at like 10 o'clock <laughs> seriously okay get off her back she just solved the freaking murder well, so that's, more, more that's about that my on my question. website judybloom.com I was yeah. saying this is like those encyclopedia brown books totally. I read when I was a like, kid yeah. it's weird Bloom. in my mind I was picturing a tiny Leslie nope for yeah. some reason come on yeah. hardy girl let's do this yeah. you should you should seriously watch her videos she's exactly like that she so to respond she's to all living the, the dream exactly well, every kid wanted to be a hardy boy the town next door has these two preppy twin teen boys that have yeah. been solving a lot of and mysteries. Joy, I'm not going to watch your videos because you are our number one investigative reporter, and I'm not going to yeah. support the yeah, other no one. No way. You, what, <laughs> so, I mean, respectfully to this lady, whatever she's about and whatever this slice yeah. is about, no. Hey, I'm the same way. If I'm into something, I'm not going to even watch the competing thing because I don't want to give it a view. I don't want to no. help it be successful versus no. the thing. I, I'm with I'm with Eddie. Yeah. I'm Team Joy. That warms my heart. That warms I'm my Team heart. Joy. Yeah. But this this girl, is. I wanted to be Encyclopedia Brown and solve the mystery of the missing shoe. And I... Yeah. She's living the dream. Party boys. She, she's a she, tiny Angela Lansbury. 
I love she it. She really is. Well, <laughs> and people were criticizing her father, who was, he's an author, and he used to be a reporter for the New York Daily News. And so that's what he says. He's like, look, she she grew up, like, going into the Bronx with me and reporting, and I just, she got the bug. Uh, and she has literally no fear. But people are crit- criticizing him as a father, being like, you shouldn't let your daughter be reporting uh, on murders. So that's my question for you guys. If you're child wanted to do something of this nature at nine years old, would you let them? Well, let me say this. Let me say this. And hopefully this answers a lot of your questions. My son (laughs) already wants to follow in his old man's footsteps. Okay. I mean, he sees me watching videos of monkeys wearing snow suits, feeding goats, which is a real one. That is hilarious. You guys see that? It's a tiny monkey. No, listen, listen to this. Okay. It's like you I, wanted I to get to this, on this, this morning. I'm going to send it around. We're, we're going to put it on the podcast episode page yes. as I figure out who's updating that right now. <laughs> <laughs> we understand how to I'm just kidding. I'm access just the website. Yeah. No, I'm going to put this on the podcast episode page because it is a it, just a video of this tiny monkey, okay? He's like the Ikea monkey, but he's got a gigantic snowsuit, and he walks to this barn, and he's got a bucket of feet, and he's feeding <laughs> goats. And, it's, and the people are talking to him kind of fiercely, actually, in Russian. And I have no idea of the context. I don't know what's going on. It's maybe hilarious. It's, All I have to say. Maybe it's not a monkey. Maybe why did that baby? No, up so it's, late? A, it's a monkey. It is, right. it is. It is. I've watched it repeatedly. Okay, it's a monkey. But all that to say. So to answer you your question, wait, 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 Eddie, Eddie, wait, wait. Let me finish my point here. You know, there are lots of different uh, kinds of journalists in the digital age. Okay, <laughs> some are out knocking on doors, solving murders. You know, busting up Craigslist scams where you know people like Chandler get murdered. Uh, other people provide the internet uh, with hilarious videos and lots of clicks. So, I will say to answer your question, Joy, yes, because I'm already grooming my son. He has a hilarious taste. Yes. You should see his bookmarks. They are hilarious. Yes. Totally. Yes. I if my that. kids ever wanted to be, yeah, of course you're going to let them. That was Shauna, right? Remember Shauna's parents? Yeah. Like, uh, Senator, like, I'm going to mess this up, but Senator Paris alone at 13 or yeah, something. Yeah, And I remember recoiling that, but thinking, you know what? I'm going to do my best to foster that kind of thing and uh, push independence myself. And- right. So if my kids are investigative reporters, well, great. Let's go do great. it. I'm very excited for them. But I still yeah. would not listen to them because you're the only investigative reporter I support. But but just know all the other parents will judge you because they'd say, why is that baby up so late? Yeah. Why, <laughs> so. why is that kid doing it? It's nine o'clock. Why is that baby roaming the streets uh, <laughs> of the neighborhood of a known murderer? I get off my back. Okay. Yeah. I'm raising why is that kid? baby walking around the streets in a big snowsuit with a bucket of feed? <laughs> yeah. What's happening? That's not a baby. That's a that's a monkey. Yeah. A little <laughs> tiny monkey. This, 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 this opens up all kinds of other disturbing questions. <laughs> why is that monkey up so late? They're uh, uh, raising awareness for breast cancer. (laughs) See, who doesn't know? There it is. Okay, well, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned on a totally different note. Up next, John Eldridge.
You're listening to Wild Bell. The song is Dreamland. It's a cool one. <laughs> this week's uh, feature interview is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the normal price. The mattress industry uh, has inherently forced consumers into paying notoriously high markups. Yeah, I saw a great investigative report about that. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah, Encyclopedia Brown broke this <laughs> one wide did open. did a great job. Yeah. Uh, Casper joy is, of knowledge. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resale, resellers and showrooms and passing the, that savings directly on to the consumer. Uh, they're quality mattresses. Uh, Cohen sleeps on one. Uh, it's yeah, they're great. fantastic. Uh, a Casper mattress provides resilience and long-lasting supportive comfort. The, they're one of a kind. It's a new hybrid mattress that combines premium latex foam with memory foam so mm. it's it's good and uh it's a lot cheaper than you know those fifteen hundred dollar fancy and, dancy ones and i know this is not like their main selling point but it's huge for me they they like ship to your door and you don't have to you know how hard it is to figure out how to get a mattress from point a to point b we went and picked up a mattress from like uh for the girls from know, like a local place and like uh they're big and bulky and very hard to take yeah casper comes impossibly small. I have yeah. no idea how they do it. Yeah, the and box is like the size of one of those uh, dorm room mini fridges. Right. Like It's like that big and then you open it up. And it's like p- you think it's going to be just like a little foam kind yeah. of mattress but it opens no, up. It's, it's awesome. really great. It's really impressive. Uh, buying a Casper mattress is completely risk-free. Uh, Casper offers free delivery and returns within a 100-day period. It's that simple. Statistically, lying on a bed for four minutes in a showroom has no correlation to whether it's the right bed for you. That's why Casper has turned the buying process into a risk-free experience. Uh, they have a special offer right now for relevant podcast listeners. You can get $50 off your next mattress. And by the way, if you're like you know, 22 and moving into your own place or or maybe you're 26 and trying to upgrade a little bit you know you want you want to shed the the old mattress that you kind of like had since you were 11 and you want to upgrade go to casper yeah i slept on the same twin mattress until like middle of college yeah and then upgraded did you oh yeah didn't know what i was missing just size wise i'd never slept on anything other than a twin mattress it's amazing. Get yourself a big mattress. Big Casper mattress. That's <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, all that square footage. Yeah. Uh, you can get $50 off if you want to do that. Uh, 50 bucks off. Relevant podcast listeners, just go to casper.com slash relevant. Get 50 bucks off. Joy, did you guys get a uh, king bed? Queen. Oh, yeah. What are you doing? I know. I know the room's not big enough for a king. We would have been like shimmying against the wall. King mattress <laughs> is everything. That is the whole thing. That's I awesome. know. I've, I've heard. <laughs> Great. Uh, John Eldridge is a counselor, teacher. Uh, he's president of the ministry Ransomed Heart and author of the new book, Moving Mountains. He uh, wrote Wild at Heart. And yeah. I read that in, I guess, college. And that was one of those foundational yeah. early Christian yeah. books that just changed me. Yeah. Like, I- and it changed a whole big group of us. And he continues to to kind of progress down that train of thought and continue well, to be... Wild at Heart was uh, one of the books my counselor gave me as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and oh, it, really? it really impacted me. Yeah, that did. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Um, ed- our uh, editorial director, Aaron Hambury, recently spoke with John about why so many of us have a hard time praying and uh, how Eldridge fixed this problem in his own life and why he never says, I'll pray for you. It's a really interesting conversation. Here is John Eldridge. So tell me this, uh, just to launch right in, where did this book come from? Or, you know, in other words, why did you write it? What was the impetus for writing? Yeah, I, I, a couple things. Um, one, just from our own journey of prayer over the last 30 years, Stace and I have been through a lot, just like anybody else. You know, the, 
marriage stuff and the kids stuff and you know finances and all that and mm. and really learning how to pray and like we, we just were put in positions where we're like man we we don't really pray much and we want to we want to learn we want to change and we've learned a lot over the years and and then um kind of the other side of that coin is so many of my friends have given up on prayer like mm. they're like yeah uh, i don't know you know like maybe for some people or maybe i just don't get it but um i think the book really kind of came out of just a heart to restore hope in folks and 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 to share a little bit of our story with them and try and inspire some some confidence So why is it, do you think, that people have given up on prayer? I mean, I, I think you've accurately des- described the situation. I, mean, I think I think if you were to ask just about any Christian, if, if you were to ask them if they pray enough, I, th- I think he or she would probably say no, or even they won't pray as much as they want. Why is that, do you think? Yeah, they, kind of that embarrassed answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really. Um, here's what I think Here's what I think's happened in so many of those cases, is that <clears throat> there's been a disappointment. There, there was something that really meant a lot. Um, that we were praying about, and nothing seemed to change, and and it was the it was the hurt, and it was the discouragement, it was the the heartache that just mm. caused us to say, you know, forget it. And, and and to be honest, I think if we pushed a little bit more into those stories, here's probably what we would find: is that we waited until the house was on fire, like we waited until your mom had cancer. We waited until you got the divorce papers served. You waited until, you know, there was the phone call and and your friends, you know, in a bad place. And, and then you start praying. And like, that's brutal. That is, that, like, don't do that to yourself. Like, that's like learning to ski by starting on double black diamonds. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think prayer can make a difference in those scenarios, but that's just not kind. Like sort of the big thought is that prayer is something you learn and you grow into like anything else in life. You know, it's like people who say, oh, all a marriage needs is love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, well, you know, for a year or two, yeah. you know, and, and then you realize, man, I, I got some things to learn here. And, and you grow into it and you get better at it. And that's that's true of anything. That's reading playing an instrument, you know, all the things you enjoy in life. And I think we're sort of surprised to to discover that prayer is exactly like that. It's, mm. it's something that we grow into. It's something that we learn. And, and we literally get, quote, skilled at. And, and it, it becomes more of our nature. It becomes something that's more familiar and not as awkward to us. And frankly, you get you get better at it. So tell us what that looked like for you. I mean, if you were in the season where, you know, you were, as you said, you realized you didn't pray perhaps as much or as, as well. I don't know if you would say well, but, you know, as, as you would like. Um, and then you, you know, you grew past that even to a point where you're wanting to write a book about it. What, what did it look like for you to become a better prayer? I, I think for me, um, it was the realization that first off, my prayers were very one-sided. Mm. I, I made prayer speeches. Um, to God, I, w- I would come into prayer and um, you know lay out my earnest. I was, I, I, you know, it wasn't it wasn't for show. I was, my heart was in it. I was committed, and you know, please, Lord, and here and this, and 
Um, but then I would just walk away and realize that it wasn't a two-way communication. It wasn't letting God speak back and speak into the situation. And um, that, was a pretty, that was a pretty big turning point for me. Mm. Uh, and I think another piece was um, bottle rocket prayers. My prayers were kind of like bottle rockets. I mean, I'd, you, know, you jump in the car, you're flying to work, and you realize, oh, man, I forgot to pray about, you know, the meeting that's coming. And so you shoot up the quick prayer, and, and uh, I'm looking at the prayers in the Scriptures, looking at the stories of the people that pray in Scriptures, and they, they kind of stick with it. They sort of stay at it for a while. So learning perseverance learning that um, prayer is not a quick little act, but something I stay with over time. Those were a couple of the big ones. Later in the book, you have a chapter that um, at least starts with an opening anecdote that I found kind of just really relatable. It's the chapter we talk about praying now or immediately or in the moment, and you open kind of with the whole I think you say you stopped telling people I'll, I'll pray for you and kind of giving this future promise of prayer. Uh, can you explain explain that concept to us? Oh yeah, see, I'm so embarrassed. I, I did. I, I just had to stop telling people I'll pray for you um, because I wouldn't, and mm. and it wasn't out of a you know that I didn't care. It's just that here's how this the scenario typically goes. You know, you're just talking with somebody over coffee, or maybe you you know run into them at the market or whatever, and. They share a little bit of their life, and it's not good. And, and you know, your very natural response, a good response is, oh, man, that's brutal. I'll pray for you. But I realized that I would just drive away, and I never would. Distraction, forgetfulness, um, to be honest, maybe I didn't want to be hassled by it. I don't know, but I just wouldn't. Yeah. Um, and, and so I just, like, for integrity's sake. Like, I just couldn't live with myself anymore. It's like, stop saying that. And <laughs> instead, what I would do is I would just pray for him right there. Now what I do is, like, if it's a text, you know, and somebody's like, man, not in a good place, and I'll just text the prayer back. I'll just start praying for him right there as I'm, as I'm typing it out, or it's an email. I'll just, boom, right there in the email. Like, do it now. Like, now's the time. Uh, because there is always some reason not to pray. Right? Yeah. you got to get the socks out of the dryer, you know, you're late for dinner. There's always a reason. And mm-hmm. so I just I just tried to make it a it's almost like a spiritual discipline now. Don't I'm not telling people I'll pray. I just do it right there in the grocery store. Just stop and pray. Yeah. Yeah. So have you found that you're praying more often then? Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. I I I think I'm a more desperate man than ever. Um, and I think it's not that my situation is more desperate. I think I'm just more aware of how deeply I need God and I need His kingdom. I, I need the resources of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And so prayer is like it's our lifeblood in this house. And um, we, we kind of have some spiritual disciplines. And I even use the word discipline, I, you know, it's a good word. And but maybe practices, yeah. maybe habits, uh, where it's just like, yeah, no, like first thing in the morning before, before I even have, you know, coffee or breakfast and last thing at night, uh, especially like releasing people. Like right before you go to bed, just releasing everyone to God, like the day and the things you said and all those little regrets and stuff. Like I just, like releasing all of that has just made a 
huge difference at the end of the day. One last question for you, and it's um, perhaps a little broader about the whole book. Uh, peppered, uh, you know, throughout the book, especially the the introductory parts, and you know, even the, the jacket of the book and all that kind of thing, is the language of prayers that work. Uh, can you define that for us? What does it mean for your prayers to work? Yeah, I did that because people hate that phrase, <laughs> um, and and I wanted I wanted to like let's address that. Let's address the elephant in the room. Okay, if you are praying. You're doing so because you want something to change, right? right? So we're not just we're not, we're not just doing religious chanting here, right? Like, and so you want prayer to work, or you wouldn't be praying, right? Yeah, sure. okay. And 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 the and the elephant in the room is that some prayers work and some prayers don't. Um, and this is like a huge, huge thing in the teaching of Jesus is that. There is a way things work in the world. Like if you, if you hold unforgiveness in your heart, it, it will literally eat away at your soul. And Jesus just describes that. He says, that's just, that's just true. That's just the way it works, right? Mm-hmm. And, and if all you can see is the, you know, the speck in the other person's eye and you don't see your own issues, you're not going to be able to help them. He says, you've got to deal with your own stuff first before, you know, all these principles, right? They're just, Jesus, quite often in his teaching, he is simply describing reality. Yeah. He's just saying, look, here, here's how God has set up the universe. Here is how these things work. If you try and exalt yourself, you're going to be humbled. It's going to happen, you know, and, and Donald Trump. And if you, <laughs> you know, and if you humble yourself, you're going to be exalted. Um, those are basic truths about the universe. It's yeah. just the way it goes. And so this is very, very helpful um, for Christians to begin to uh, kind of let that into their worldview, let that into their thinking. Oh, yeah, no kidding. There is a way things work. And yeah. um, and and so it is with prayer. It, it's true with prayer. And it just takes some very simple things like healing prayer. So like when you're praying for the sick, Romans 12.1 says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Consecrate your body. And before we try and invoke healing, you know, praying, Jesus, we just pray for restoration. First thing we do is we'll bring that body and consecrate it to God. And if there's been misuse of that body, if there's been, you know, alcohol abuse or, or you know, whatever it is, like, you know, um, bring that back under Christ so that his blessing can flow like there's a way things work and and learning that in prayer is super helpful that was john eldridge make sure to check out his new book moving mountains which is out now
listening to Esme Patterson. The song is Feel Right. Phil Wickham is a singer-songwriter uh, based out of San Diego, California. Beautiful weather there. San Diego. His sixth studio album is called Children of God, and it's out now. Here is part of our conversation with Phil Wickham. Tell me about writing the album, the process from all that. Well, this record is called Children of God, and uh, I think at the beginning of writing this record, I did not know what to write about. I mean, I, I, def- I wasn't going through necessarily a hard time or a rough time. Or just just didn't know what to say. Didn't um, I felt like, man, I said so much. This is like the seventh record. You know, what do I write about? And um, in the process of writing, I um, completely lost my voice. I was in the north, uh, the northeast doing this tour and I, I woke up just after it was getting harder and harder to sing and I woke up and just had no voice and I knew something was wrong had to cancel months of shows to get it checked out and I was diagnosed with this thing called polyp on my vocal cord and uh, it's like this lesion and it, it made it so hard for me to sing it was actually bleeding which when the doctor saw that he said you know what we need to take this thing out surgically. That's the only way we're going to get it back to where you hopefully can sing. But then he's like, I just need to be honest with you, though, that this is kind of a new procedure and that we think we're going to get you back to 100%. There's a, there's a chance where you won't be able to sing professionally again, but you'll be able to talk fine. And I was just, I, it just hit me like a ton of bricks because I went from, you know, two weeks before being on the road feeling fine to, like, just deteriorating this point where it's like, Hey, you might need to find another job. And so I was freaking out and uh, definitely afraid of the, for the future and depressed. I had you know, canceled, you know, like oh, more than 60 shows, I think, to make this whole thing go down. But I think the biggest thing I felt was like this, like, lost sense of identity. Just like for so long, since I was 12 years old, I've been leading worship and writing songs. And fun. I mean, this is who I am, you know? I've got, you know, it kind of leaves who I am, I feel like, if I don't have this. And I remember feeling just lost and depressed in that kind of state and being in this spare room in my house a few days later, just kind of crying out to God. I was just being honest, saying, I, I'm, I'm afraid and depressed and I don't really see you in this or hear you in this, but I would love to get some sort of peace or some sort of direction or some sort of vision that I could hold on to. You know, he, there's only been a few times in my life where I've felt like undeniably God is like speaking like words to my heart. You know, all the time I feel like he's maybe pushing me in a direction or here or there. But when I felt like he's just really just his presence is there and he's speaking literal words into my heart, into my mind, my soul. And I felt that in that moment. Um, and he just said something I've sung my whole life growing up in church and it's such a childlike thing but I just felt like he was saying Phil I'm your father and you're my child just trust me and uh, and it just hit me in this massive way maybe it's because I'm a dad now I mean I don't know but this is the idea that God loves me enough to call me his child and that he is powerful enough to create stars and tell the wind and the waves to you know stop and they stop and 
and love just hit me in a massive way and I just felt so much peace and so much freedom and so much identity and not in anything I've done but in everything he's done he says I am he says I'm loved and forgiven and set free and I just chose in that moment to trust and not that it was easy and not that I knew that it was going to be all okay at the end or all how I wanted it to be but just trusted that man for whatever he has for me is going to be the best and whatever goes on in this life I'm going to see him one day face to face you know and there's just all this freedom and peace in that. I started, like, in my heart, even though I couldn't talk because the surgery was happening, and I was supposed to be silent for, like, two months. In my heart, I was writing all these songs out of this place of just responding to his love and responding to the fact that he accepts me the way I am. And that's kind of how it started. And God just, like, relit a fire inside of me um, in response to his love and, and my just a kind of fresh, found identity of who I am in him. And uh, it really felt from then on like it was the first time writing for a record ever. You know, it felt like so fresh and so exciting. And so, so that happened almost two years ago and then started writing the record and it just things just you know, it's not like I was sitting down, you know, writing the story about how, you know, I lost my voice and now it's back, you know. But, but just out of that newfound sense of identity and excitement uh, about a relationship with God and excited for his, you know, his fathership in my life and all that stuff, I just I started singing all these songs of worship and they started flowing out. And that's how, um, that's how the record became Children of God and how a lot of these songs indirectly and directly came out of that one moment. That was Phil Wickham. Make sure to check out his new album, Children of God, available now. to Charles Bradley. The song is Ain't Gonna Give It Up. New Charles Bradley album, everybody. I'm excited. Awesome. Also the theme of the new True Love Waits campaign. Oh. Ain't gonna <laughs> give it up. What is Take it? That out. What is it? No, 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 no way. I feel no. like, no, I feel like anything sound. I've been saying today, there's just silence after you guys, and no, I can no longer great. use the No, no, no just because it hit hard. It hit it was a punch <laughs> in the face. No, no one expected <laughs> it. It was going. In, it was going in for a handshake, and someone gave you a bear hug. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it was just like a little like. Uh, okay, you went there. 
I'm not. I'm not offended. Give it up. I'm surprised. I'm yeah. gonna give it I up. Was, I, I, I was not anticipating the that. anthem of the uh, youth purity movement. Yeah, we, Charles Bradley, the spokesman. Youth purity awareness yeah. is something we need. We should be running about. We should. That is actually a, probably a cover story. <laughs> youth waiting purity to awareness. <laughs> Joy, we're all silence afterwards because we just have to m- make sure that there is clear distance between what you said and us associating with it. Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was everyone. That was Joy's thoughts and terrible comment only. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Just for, I don't want anybody to think it's views not held by all. Any teens pursuing purity right now? That was yeah. Joy who made fun of you. Uh, all right, it's time for your feedback. Uh, last week, our question of the week was uh, about Jesse's attempt to do an audition tape uh, for the new Science Channel re- remaking of the show Mythbusters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we asked you guys, what myth should Jesse attempt to bust in his audition tape? You went over to the podcast episode page and posted your suggestions there, and you also hit us up on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast. Uh, here is a few of our favorites. I, I have allocated a significant amount of my personal savings to the budget of this, of this audition video, so anything's on the table at this point. Do you have any 11-year-old siblings that could shoot and edit it for you? <laughs> Elizabeth, no. This one is actually almost too easy. Scientifically prove that Sasquatches exist and then shame skeptical producers for their disbelief. I think I could probably knock <laughs> this really one like out. Shame. The shaming is the key part of right. it. After you yeah. bust whatever myths you're going to bust, you have to shame the people who believe the myth. <laughs> How dare you, sir? That's the most of the video. It's just me, just me, just heaping on shame, you know? When clearly, clearly there's like a, a, a like a hastily made Sasquatch suit in the corner that I used to create the video. Uh, okay. <laughs> Listen, this is a myth that I think a lot of people believe. Uh, listening to Dave Matthews Band, an hour per day for one year results in acquiring phenomenal saxophone skills. That's easy because all I have to do is listen to it and not be good at saxophone. So I would say this: I don't know how compelling, I don't know how compelling of an audition video that would be. Like, do I have like like one of those like time lapses where it's just me just <laughs> listening to Under the Table and dreaming, and then sucking at saxophone? Because I don't know if it's going to get me the job, David. So thanks for nothing. And he, and he misses the deadline window anyway. <laughs> I miss it by about 11 months. Thanks a lot, dude. Uh, Somali? <laughs> Sorry. Somalia. Uh, no, I don't think that's right. She said uh, he should work on the myth of total mastery. Uh, and then she continued on to talk about that. But total mastery has long been one of the myths that you and I, I disagreed on. I think it's just a myth. I mean, I think it's only a concept that Jesse has. I don't but I don't think Jesse cares about other people's myths. Okay. I think this is a show mostly around what Jesse thinks. <laughs> well, he's not going to bust his own myth. I was going to say, you would bust not that. a myth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's not Mythbusters. Maybe it's just proven I'm right. That's what the show's called. <laughs> and he just does things and says, I told you so at the end. It's just called myth, question mark, nope, I was right all along, dummies. Shame on you, shame, shame forever. That's yeah. the whole title. We should actually just send this show, this segment of the show in as your audition. Yeah. Your, parents, your parents won't even want you home for Christmas. They're so ashamed that they gave birth to you. Oh, my goodness. That's- that's wow. that's the level of uh, shame wow. that I keep on people that doubt me. Um, the same level of shame you heap on the parents who have babies at movies. Too. Really, yeah. exactly. really just disturbing, yeah. disgusting. Why that baby up so late? Jimmy <laughs> Barrows was my favorite. 
Uh, he said the myth you could bust was that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. So Jesse trains geriatric dogs riddled with hip dysplasia, blindness, diabetes, and other ailments to how to do incredible tricks. Yeah. Well, that, that's it, then my show is basically like Caesar Milan meets Mythbusters, which you're taking two hits and rolling them into one, which is a fantastic idea. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie says, "Bust the the myth uh, uh, with a dazzling with a dazzling human feet. It's impossible to drink a gallon of milk in under an hour. I would gladly attempt. I would shatter that myth. I could shatter that myth right now. A gallon I did, under in an college. Hour? I did. I thought it was yeah. like a gallon straight. Yeah, no, they, I did a I did a gallon of water in college, and it didn't go well. A, a, a couple people suggested that I get Joe, the neighbor, involved in my investigations, yeah. which I yeah, think... It's kind of I an Aaron like, Gordon stuff, the magic mascot situation. You know, he teased it yeah. up, you slam it home. Yeah, and, and, we, and really, you're hiring both of us or neither of us. Yeah. <laughs> we're, 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 yeah. I mean, we will yeah. be Jamie and Adam. Like, you're hiring both at, at the same time. Jesse There's and no Joe. For the show. Jesse yeah. and Joe. I would watch it. I like it. the alliteration. That's yeah. nice. The before, before we uh, check out of this, I want to bring up uh, my favorite comment of the week. I love Jamie Krakowski's crew cut hairstyle. That haircut looks good on him because he has a round oval face. So a very specifically right. kind <laughs> compliment about our guest's haircut. So thanks so much, uh, Jagjeet Gill. Which is interesting because he shaves his head now. Like he, he went full uh, Mr. Clean. Yeah. I, he also said... Maybe that's what this person thinks is a crook. Okay. I also want to <laughs> warn that. He thinks, he thinks that a lot of men in America have male pattern crew cuts. Yeah. <laughs> I actually really like Luke Rabblehoffer's comments. He, unrelated, he says, "I love Magic Eye. I have astigmatism, and I am a millennial. My life is one big contradiction." <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a myth you could bust, Jesse. Right there, that yeah. guy, myth busted. Okay, yeah, yeah exactly, myth busted. That'll do it for uh, last week's feedback. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. Oh, well, earlier in the show, Joy brought the hard-hitting slice about investigative journalism. It was mm-hmm. it was shocking. The next generation. Moving, moving. Yeah. Nancy Award-winning. Drew. And uh, it got us thinking. We crowdsourced ideas for Jesse's audition tape for Mythbusters. We need to get some ideas for things that Joy needs to investigate uh, and do actual investigations here on this show. Mm-hmm. What, what we want to do is introduce a segment where Joy... The intrepid investigative reporter goes out and investigates something, and okay. br- and then air it here on the show. Right. You so, go and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to brag, but I legitimately bought a magnifying glass last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If there's anything that is, let's start. If you so, got an eight point font document, no problem. I mean, all you need is is, a, is some sort of hidden recording device and a magnifying glass, and you're on your way. I mean, those are, if Encyclopedia Brown taught us anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so what we want from you is ideas that Joy can investigate there in Portland. So she's in Portland, Oregon. She's yeah. not going to travel for it, but she all can right. go all around her neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, with uh, as long as she doesn't cross that one big street that her mom told her not to cross. <laughs> or um, even even if it's like an internet-based mystery. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I can yeah, make yeah. phone calls. Yeah, I've that's got a, true. I got a free long-distance plan. Yeah, there you go. So we want to know ideas for for things or mysteries that Joy needs to investigate. You uh, you can hit us up on the podcast episode page at realmmagazine.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at Realm Podcast. And if you would so choose, you could use the hashtag EQOTW, Editorial Question of the Week. Mm-hmm. So you guys can like click that and look at each other's suggestions and kind of... You know, groupthink yeah. a little bit. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, that'll be fun. I like that. And so what we're going to do next week on the show, 
we'll pick our favorite and right. she will go out and do it and record it and it'll be a segment on the following week's no podcast. Matter, yeah, no matter how detailed it is. This may be like cereal. We lose her for two years, <laughs> but she's going to come back with something amazing. <laughs> Many thanks to our show's sponsors. Uh, remember to check out PBS's Jackie Robinson two-part uh, miniseries about his incredible life. It, it's premiering Monday, April 11th at 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 Central on PBS. Uh, check that out. And also thanks to Casper. Remember, if you go to casper.com slash relevant, you can get $50 off um, any mattress purchase over there. So it's a good, good, good stuff. Thanks also to Phil Wickham for joining us. Make sure to check him out on Twitter, at Phil Wickham. And his uh, album, Children of God, is out now. And uh, thanks also to John Eldridge for talking to us. Make sure to check out his new book, Moving Mountains, which is out now. And uh, if you haven't read Wild at Heart and you're a guy kind of going through a life transition, I would also suggest it for a lot of women as well. Really? I think it helps you understand sometimes the uh, brain and heart of a guy. I know a lot of women who read it and were kind of like offended, like, well, I relate with this or, you know, why is this just a guy thing? But I think that's as a woman, I think you have to read it and go, he's not saying anything against women. He's he's had years of counseling and research of men and just reading it with an open mind of like this may describe the man in your life. I think that's when it becomes uh, really impactful for women. We are a complex being. We are full of majesty and wonder. <laughs> It'd be nice if a lot, a few more people recognize that. You understand? Majesty. <laughs> I just want my majesty recognized. Is yeah. that too much? To sometimes ask? I cry, Joy. Is that not okay? Hey, if you uh, if you don't subscribe to Relevant, our, our <laughs> magazine is is pretty good. And right now, it'd be a great time to to jump on board. We are doing a spring sale that for uh, only six bucks, you can get six months of the magazine. Oh, cool. So if you go over to relevantmagazine.com. Uh, you can click anywhere for the six for six sale. I gotta tell you, I was looking at the magazine that's about to come out. It's on the wall right now. It's pretty good, right? Yeah, I can't tell anybody about it, but it's right there in front of me, and I was looking through it. It's amazing. It's a really good issue. Great cover. It's at the printer Such now, a- and it's actually coming out next week or two. So we'll we'll uh, maybe reveal who's on the cover next week on the show. All right. Well, with that we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffeltz. I'm Channing Strang. Yeah. I'm Joy Agritreed. I'm Jesse Carey. All right. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Connect with us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast, and get bonus material from this episode and more at the podcast section on relevantmagazine.com. And don't forget to check the magazine out. It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes App Store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. Why is that baby roaming the street of the neighborhood of a known murderer? I get off my back.